Well, hi, everybody. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I'm Bill Whittle with Alfonso Rachel. We both had tremendous Christmases. I got uh, I got my Major Matt Mason space station set, and Zoe got his uh, Malibu Barbie that he'd been waiting for for the longest possible time. Uh, and uh, and we're both just happy as we can be. Um, this week, uh, since we're doing a slightly reduced uh, uh, show schedule for the, for the holidays, uh, this week we're going to talk about the whole idea of New Year. Kind of cool how they're exactly a week apart. I always thought that was kind of a remarkable thing. So with Christmas behind us, uh, let's talk about the new year. Um, having been through uh, the new year of 2020 and the new year of 2021, looking forward to New Year's Eve on 2022 fills me with fear and loathing and dread and confusion. Uh, but before we get into specifics, and we're not going to try and do predictions or you know uh, resolutions, although we'll probably end up doing that too. Uh, Let's just talk about the whole idea of a new year for, for starters. Um, there is obviously, needless to say, there's nothing magical about January 1st. Most people mark the new year as December 22nd, which would be the first day after the summer solstice. But January 1st is, is where we do it. And you can make the case that the whole thing's kind of ridiculous because nothing magic happens on January 1st. And yet something magic really does happen on, on January 1st. And I don't mean miraculous in the way it was when we talked about Christmas. The idea of a fresh start, the idea of a reset, is so fundamentally important. The first thing that comes to mind when I think about a new year is if, uh, if you're a big sports fan and you had a particularly bad season, at the end of the last game, you can look in misery and the smoking ruins of all of your hopes, right? But then you get to say, we'll get them next year, right? All right, we'll get them next year. And it's not a continuous, well, it's not a continuum. It, it, there, there is a break to it, and, and it's compartmentalized. And that means that whatever failures you might have, have uh, experienced or successes to can start again. We are, we are now in a new year. It, it's almost impossible to imagine human consciousness without the idea of a new year. In other words, if we couldn't break down if, if, for instance, if, the, if we were living in Julian Day, whatever the heck it is, you know, 16,492, and we look back on 16,309, and it was just one continuous spectrum of days, we wouldn't know how to think about things. And without question, years, mostly through well, just the randomness of what happens during the course of the year, but also through the sense of here's a little circle, starts on January 1st and goes all the way around to December 31st. That's one, and then we move over here, and then here's what happened in this year, and then we move over here. It takes this, this pablum of a spectrum and puts it into little boxes, and I think that the entire idea of New Year is, is really wonderful. It's, 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 this, is the, this is the essence of America. America, as, they, as they've said many times, is the land of second chances, and third chances, and fourth chances, and so on, and, and New Year's gives us a chance to basically start again. And there's something kind of wonderful about that, especially after 2020 and 21. Oh, yeah, man. And, you know, I think uh, the, the magic that you may be talking about is, is how, how things start to magically appear back on the shelves with people taking all them gifts back from uh, from Chris that they got from Christmas. Oh, this is a lovely sweater. Yeah, this is going back. Uh, but uh, or or the, the magic of um, I think it said that uh, birth rates are higher in September. And I think that's because of people like bringing in the new year. Yeah, people bang, partying on New Year's Eve. Right. And then before, you know, here comes September and they've got a they've got a kid. And uh, but yeah, it's it's almost like um, this this 
opportunity in nature where folks uh, get to have a, a festival of 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 a reset. Uh, That's the word chance- I'm looking for. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, we've done this cycle around the sun. You know, we we rode that. You know, rode That's the behind earth around us the sun now. Again. Let's start again. It's something new. You know, it's this new year. I mean, that's a pretty. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an event of stellar proportions. You know, we're going to exactly. take this trip around around a star, right? So why not have like a sense of you know festival or celebration concerning that and your your opportunity? It's like you know, despite everything that goes on, uh, all the things that could take you out. You know, in a year, whether it be, you know, take you out financially or romantically or or even, you know, your life. You say, hey, we made it around again. Uh, maybe we'll get another chance to do it again. You know, so sure, if people will take that opportunity to, you know, maybe develop a new outlook on things, a new way to do things, a, a new way to conduct themselves and all that sort of stuff. You know, uh, and, you know, of course, like you mentioned, uh, what what's it, uh, the resolutions, you know, which... Mm-hmm. You can't talk about New Year's without resolutions no, and, and stuff. No, and those are so. powerful, powerful inducements. And, and a good New yes. Year's resolution will often last four or five days. And um, <laughs> right. but, but nevertheless, even the idea of that is, is kind of packaged into it, right? All right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to – here it is. It's an hour and a half till midnight. I'm going to drink myself blind. I'm going to have champagne. I'm going to make all the noise. Then when I wake up first thing tomorrow morning on January 2nd, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to jog for two miles. I'm going to lose this weight, and then I'm going to come home, and I'm going to start this, uh, this, this uh, correspondence study. Yeah, okay. But, but there's something actually really beautiful about that and something really essential about that sense that, okay, I'm going to do something different starting tomorrow. Thank God. I think I don't have to do it now, um, but I'm going to do something different. But that's really what the New Year's is, right? It's, it's, it's the now. You've been promising you're going to be doing all this stuff. You're going to make all these changes. Well, this is a good time to start. Yeah, yeah you know, and um, the thing about it, and just like you said, it's got about like what a duration of what, five, five days or something like that. And this, this is, I'm going to bring up a word again that probably, you know, might might get the eye rolls from folks, but even the holiday itself or the New Year's resolution is kind of like a form of idolatry. Because the thing is, is you're waiting for this event, this event that's going to redeem you or this event that gives you the go ahead to assume to redeem yourself. No, that's right? a great when point. This, you know, they, okay, uh, I'm going to stop smoking or I'm going to stop drinking. Or I'm going to start exercising more. And like you said, man, it probably lasts about five days, about a week, and then you're off the, you know, you're off of it again. So this the thing is about the new year is once again, it can be whatever you want it to be. It can become whatever sort of sacrifice or whatever commitment that you can decide that you want it to be. When the Lord himself is always giving you an opportunity. It's like, look, man, this, this can be done right now. I redeemed you already. You can, you can go ahead and take advantage of the redemption at any time, anytime you want. And if you really want to do something to better yourself, if you will, I've, I've given you the manual on how that's done. Uh, and, and the, the trick to it is love, right? <laughs> that's, 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 that's really what it takes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Cause as we said in last, last episode, you love God and that's how you end up doing right by other people, including yourself. It's like, look, man, I may not have the power to, to, to stop smoking, but if I really love God the way that I say, and I know that I'm polluting this temple that it occupies, maybe I need to start doing the work to give up smoking, right? I can, obviously, I don't love myself enough to do that yep. because I don't know how. But the Lord has told me how, and I've got that. And if I really believe that, then I, then I understand that he put this whole thing together. 
and it's blessed me to be here for another year. Yeah, maybe I need to go ahead and rely on him and put that to work, and I'll knock off the smoking. Yeah, you know, that's it's, the it's entire, that kind of thing. That's the entire premise behind the twelve-step uh, programs for Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. Narcotics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, and all the rest. Uh, is the, the first step is that you know you are you you are powerless over your addiction. The, the first step is to admit that you cannot do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in the steps, you 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 have to come to believe that a higher power will help you do this. And again, they use the word higher power because there are a lot of people who who need these 12-step programs who are not only not religious, but anti-religious. But nevertheless, the, the reason they use the term higher power is to make it inclusive enough for everybody. Many times in, in a 12-step program, I've heard people say, uh, and, and as a result of my higher power, which I call God, but, but, it, but it doesn't have to be. That idea that that there are things that are bigger than you are that you cannot do on your own, and yeah, you're right about the idolatry, and you're also right about the idea of this kind of a hey, I don't have to deal with this right now. I'm going to deal with it on New Year's, or mm-hmm. okay, it's New Year's now. I should be doing the things I should have been doing anyway. That's not exactly a great way to think about how change actually occurs because change is change is incremental. I have heard from people that. Um, know more about this than I do, which is about everybody, I guess, that if you do something consistently for 21 days, it becomes a habit. And, and, but I mean, consistently every day. And so, so there's that whole aspect to it. But since we basically are a political outfit here, um, we have things like election years. 2022 is, is one of them. It's not a presidential election year, but it's an election year. And, and since we compartmentalize our lives into these kind of circular little tablets that we call years, you can use the idea of a new year to say, what was I doing at this time last year? Not necessarily on January 1st. I can tell you for what it's worth for those of you watching that this time last year, I was in a state of not just rage and despair, but rage, despair, confusion, uh, fear uh, and and foreboding and dread. Uh, I don't feel nearly as bad at the end of 2021 as I did at the end of 2020, even though a lot of stuff out there is worse. I actually feel much, much, much better uh, this year at the close of 2021 heading into 2022. I think we have some very tough years ahead of us. I've said many times before that if you look at history's history of World War II, for example, um, in in nine, the war ended in forty five. For America, it started in forty one, ended in forty five. But by nineteen forty two, the war was over. Hitler had lost in Stalingrad. That was last chance for the Nazis to win. The Japanese had lost in Midway. That was last chance for them to win. And it took two or three years of killing for people to realize what what we knew in nineteen forty two was that the war was won, but it wasn't over. So I, I don't think 2022 uh, is going to be a, a particular, uh, you know, cakewalk. But I do think that without question, the tide has turned during 2021 and that, and that people are, are not just waking up to things that, they, that people like you and I had been aware of, but, but now many people are becoming aware of. I think that, that we really are on the, on the, the cusp of a, of a again, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But what I look at, having seen all of 2022, is I see the forces that are uh, 
lined up for tyranny and oppression and the destruction of freedom and America, I look at it as they have put everything they had on the table, including the benefit of a sneak attack, and they put all of their forces on the board. And no matter how much we had to fall back and how many positions we had to give up, we still have stopped them. And now the counterattack begins. And now, now things are going to start moving rapidly as it becomes clear to them that they have not pulled this off. So what do you, what do you see for 2022 as a new year? Not, not completely explicitly political, but just as a sort of a general uh, moral tone. Man, it's, when you when you mentioned that um, we got an election year coming up, and I was like, <laughs> it's kind of like my heart sank a little bit. Yeah, but like, by oh, all accounts, yeah. unless, unless things get better, and I don't think they're going to, mm. it's going to be a bloodbath, I think, for, for, for the people that have launched these tyrannical um, crusades against the American people. Man, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, when talking about like a resolution – Kick, sticking with the theme of the New Year's resolution, are people going to be more resolved to push this narrative of um, all the things that they've been accusing other people of, particularly that's coming from the left, all the accusations that they make and all the, the fear mongering that they're doing, whether it be uh, uh, racial fear mongering or, or um, virus fear mongering? You know, are they going to be more resolved in these things? Are we going to be more determined and all that sort of stuff? And um you know, see, I don't, I don't like to view these things from my own personal experience. I try not to be selfish like that. But in my experience, it's like uh, it's it's hard to see uh, this stuff, you know, getting better. I'm going to remain optimistic. It's like, look, I'm, I'm going to try to do my part to stay sane. Sometimes that's the victory that you have. It may not it may not be able to influence anybody else, but you made sure that nobody influenced you to do crazy that's stuff right. and believe. Crazy that's right. If you don't <laughs> let them touch you, then they lose. Yeah, you know, it's like at least that's a small victory in itself, you know. But man, even just uh, the other day, I um, I go to make a purchase, and you know, the lady's like, "Where's your mask?" And I'm like, "I I didn't bring one, man." Well, next time I'm not going to serve you. And I'm like, man, that sounded familiar. It's like you're not gonna. Uh, what happened to Black Lives Matter? You're not gonna serve the colored guy when he comes back in here, you know? So, uh, do I have to wear a mask to cover up my color or something oh, like dude, that? I it's wish like because said that to him. That would have been, been priceless. <laughs> well, actually, I, I mean, I did have this engagement with this person. It was like, you know, I'm like, why do I need to wear, you know, a mask? I'm like, I thought the so-called vaccine was supposed to work just fine, and now we got to go back to it. And she's like, whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I see things like this and, you know, get, getting the looks like even, uh, um, uh, also the same day, uh, some guy w goes walking past me and goes, Hey man, your shirt's very punk rock. And then he gives me a thumbs down and I'm like, really? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, okay, wait, let me see. Now, uh, reflecting on punk rock culture, that might have been a term of endearment with the thumbs down because in punk rock culture, they'll give you the yeah, finger, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, you know, or the two fingers up as yeah, they yeah, do yeah. in the UK or whichever. And so, you know, it's like, uh, and I was, I, I was like, sir, I, I don't, I don't know if I heard you correctly. Um, and he says, oh, your shirt's very punk rock. And I said, like, oh, okay, I didn't catch, I didn't understand the thumbs down thing though. And by this time, he was with a couple of friends, and he had kind of maneuvered himself in front of the girl putting her behind him, and his friend's girl behind him, and his friend also, where he was kind of like, maybe at a safe point where he could say, I was being sarcastic. And I, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just let maybe that go because maybe he should have just made unsolicited comments to people that he doesn't know. Hey, you well, know? you know, I, 
I, I did have on this shirt. Maybe it invited the conversation, so I take it doesn't responsibility invite the conversation. I see shirts every day. That doesn't mean I have a right to walk up to people. I do actually have that right, come to think of it. I mean, I do. I do have the right to walk up to somebody and say, I don't like the way you're dressed. I have that right, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. I mean, that right. seems to be exceedingly rude and, and, and a bit of, little bit passive aggressive to me. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would say that my shirt's not rude. Uh, it, it just it makes a, you know, a, a point, you know. And now if you wanted to contest that, you know, it's like you didn't have to do it in such a, you know, cowardly way. And, and the thing is, and, and I should say went back to his Prius that has 19 bumper stickers on it, you know, <laughs> you know and, and it might have been. I, I think that's what he might have gotten into you know, now that you mention it. But, you know, all that to say. You know, the state, if, if, if I would have had a confrontation with this guy, the state definitely wouldn't have been kinder to me than they would have been. Yeah, I'd probably be in jail right now. Um, you know, but the thing is, it's one of those things where you have to be resolved and saying, you know what? Um, we can't let these people get to us. We can't let these people gaslight us. Uh, and a lo- there's a lot of that going on. I mean, there's yeah, a lot crazy, of crazy, angry, hateful people trying to make us into crazy, angry. Hateful. Yes. Yes. You know, and it's easy to get sucked into that, man. And, but you know, I wasn't like, Hey, what'd you say, man? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. sir. I, did, I didn't catch what you said. Come on, like come I at said, me, bro. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But just the way he kind of maneuvered himself to where it's like, he kind of put, you know, a buffer between, you okay, know, all right. I was like, okay, I think he's being smug and yeah. you know what? And he didn't know what he was with messing that. with either, but that's okay. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, in this resolve, I hope that we can resolve to maybe, you know, just be more decent to each other. Well, um, Andrew Breitbart obviously said politics is downstream of culture and and people repeat that as a mantra and they should because it's true. But I don't know if everybody really fully thinks that through. Mm. Um, I have to tell you, I went three years until somebody pointed out to me, honestly, because I had a lot of humility beaten into me and I'm very protective of that humility. I don't want to I don't want to lose it. Um, But something like two or three years after the fact, somebody said to me that when I made that speech three days after um, Romney lost to Obama, I said, the next president's coming from the pop culture. He's going to be a guy who's familiar with media. He's going to be a Republican. He's going to win. Um, That was just a feeling I had because unlike a lot of people who are in this political punditry thing, I don't just pay attention to political stuff. I have a much wider scan on the radar. And when they say that politics is downstream of culture, as far as the culture is concerned, this tide has changed and changed, I mean, dramatically changed. To give you a couple of examples, that, and I, know, and I also understand that our audience is a little older and a lot more conservative, and they may not see the value of this, but I'm telling you that as a person who reads the chicken entrails and tea leaves for a living, that this is really, really, really important. In 2016, they made a remake of Ghostbusters. It was the most woke thing ever. Four women totally trashing the original Ghostbusters, just basically spitting on it. Financial catastrophe. You mentioned on our Christmas show how much you loved Star Wars as a kid. In the in 16, 17, 18, 19, they made a series of Star Wars movies that destroyed the idea of Luke Skywalker, destroyed the idea of an individual young straight male hero, replaced him with a with a magical female who was all powerful and all knowing, turned him this this iconic hero of a generation into an old cynical bitter drunk basically, and that was a financial catastrophe. And they did the same thing with Star Trek, where they introduced this character who was this, this black woman who turned out was Mr. Spock's adopted sister that he never mentioned in 40 years. All of this woke garbage. And the fans walked away from it. And this is where we were a year ago. 
the fans had walked away from it and said, we're not buying this woke garbage. But in the intervening year, we've seen um, we've seen uh, the new the new Ghostbusters, which is extremely respectful of the original Ghostbusters. It's the antithesis of this woke version of Ghostbusters. And it is not only restored fans' faith in what Ghostbusters is, but made a ton of money. And as we're recording this, the new Spider-Man movie uh, out um, is the first superhero movie in five or six years that is not a hectoring, lecturing, agenda-driven lesson that has to be beaten into the heads of people. It is it is classic, traditional Spider-Man with no politics involved, no woke message involved, no no reinventing the character of Spider-Man involved, and it is it's just good old fashioned. You might want to say conservative Spider-Man in terms of what what this pop culture icon has been for forty years or whatever it is now, and it has made pretty nearly a billion dollars already, mm. and it's not lost on the people who are actually writing the checks for this stuff that this. 10-year, but really at least a five- or six-year experiment with wokeism where these executives all throughout 2021, 2020, all of this, all the way back to 2016, were told, no, no, this is what young people want. Well, it's not what young people want. It's not what they want. In fact, the things that they love, when you inject those values into them, they walk away. But what we saw in 2021 was that when you, when you go back to the original traditional values in the pop culture, I'm not talking about politics, that it not only is a undoes the damage done by the wokeness, but it does booming business. So what does all of this mean on, on, on a New Year's show? Well, what it means is, is that the fundamental fabric of the country, especially with the young people who are going to be voting after we've all gone west, is still extremely heavily socialized and ideologically indoctrinated, all, all of that. I'm not denying any of that. Underneath that, they still have a desire for individual stories of heroism, which is usually a, a, a male, single straight male with a gun who drives a fast car like the Millennium Falcon and all the rest of it. And that, and that despite decades of indoctrination, that has not changed. Uh, that should be something that we should be exceedingly, exceedingly... Um, happy about and hopeful about. So since politics trails pop culture, and since this is a show about the new year, in 2021, we saw a major counterattack of traditional conservative values in the pop culture. And it wasn't just a, a moderate success. It was a blowout, absolute canne victory. It was, an, it was a catastrophe for the, for the left. That means that the culture, I, I, again, I, I'm not trying to turn this New Year's show into, into this because I talk about this all the time, but it's so important looking into 2022 as we go forward. In elections, we get to vote once every two years. For president, we get to vote once every four years. But in the pop culture, we get to vote every day. We vote every single day with our dollars. And what the pop culture has shown us in the last five or six, seven years, is that despite all of the amplifying and all of the messaging and all of the manipulation through the mainstream media and through big tech and all of it, all of their guns firing, all of it, they have not sold the message. And that means that they lose. And 
all of the signals that are happening with the things that we vote with every day, like movie tickets, are overwhelmingly showing that they've lost and that people want what America used to be. And that mm. will eventually, in the space of four or five years, reflect itself in the polls. I suspect it's going to reflect itself in 2022 in a strong way. So I just wanted people to have a, an optimistic view of 2022 in terms of, the, in terms of where 2022 is leading us, not in terms of what it's going to be. It's not going to be a good year. The end of it might be a good year. But 2022, in a lot of ways, is going to be worse. But, 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 and this is it. The trend line beyond politics, upstream of politics, is very, in fact, I can't imagine it could be better. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. And I hope folks are uh, are encouraged by that. Like, or say, for instance, uh, the the new Matrix movie. I guess they're going to take back the red pill narrative. And uh, you know, we've been talking about the red pill for for a long time. And and it's it's one of those things where we're just sitting back and we're like, mm-hmm. when we see these people uh, lining up with their vax cards uh, to go see the Matrix, and it is like there's a, <laughs> there's definitely a Twilight Zone moment there where you hope people will, will wake up to that. And going into 22, just like you're talking about with the culture, man, I hope folks, you know, are on our end of the spectrum will take advantage of that and and really take advantage of that free market that we claim to be the champions of and say that, hey, we're supposed to be the ones selling this stuff. I mean, when we look at if we're talking about, you know, the new Spider-Man movie and the new Ghostbusters movies, you know, we're it's it's still like we have this dependency or this faith, if you will, that these liberals are going to make the movies that sit with our values. It's almost like the dependency that we weren't supposed to have on YouTube. It's like, we're going to do these things on YouTube, but do we expect these people that they're going to play fair with us? That's not what Democrats do. No. They promote fairness by being unfair to people. That's, that's right. What, and if they were they, really fair, then they'd let us talk as much as we wanted to instead of censoring us and pulling our channel down because right. that's what you do when you have a better idea. You don't care what other people have to say. Yes. The people you know, that suppress the message are people that, that are not only afraid of, but aware of the inadequacy of the own product that they're selling. That's why they don't want competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's why I say, do we don't want to stay? It's like, are, are, am I grateful? Will I give credit where credit is due? They say, yes, I'm glad that you did that. It's almost like a fluke. It's lucky, right? Uh, but we need to be more dependent on people who are actually friendly to our values and support that to get this kind of entertainment does to, to have more influence in the culture. I don't mind proselytizing, man. If people want to proselytize in their, in their, in their productions from whatever angle they're coming from. That's fine. Just do it well. And I guess in that Ghostbusters movie, they wanted to proselytize and they weren't good at it. it they just made a bad movie, you know, but a lot of times, even with this, the strategy is it's not about hitting a home run or, or making a touchdown on, on the first player or, 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 you know, the first down or anything like that. sometimes it's just getting the ball down the field. Sometimes it's just getting people on base. Sometimes you're going to have to walk some people. You know, sometimes a movie's just going to have to walk. You know, that's that's part of the strategy of the game. Democrats know what they're doing. You know, they're just moving the ball down the field. And uh, this is a long game. You know, even though these are instant gratification people, they know how to play this long game. They've been doing it for a long time. Um, so there needs to be a counter. There needs to be a countermeasure to that. You know, and I hope that folks will be resolved to say that, you know, um, we understand that we get what you're saying. We get it. I think we have a, a pretty good sense of reason, but there's a lot of people out there that are given over to imagination. And the way to connect with them is through imaginative vehicles, not an imaginary message. They've got an imaginary message. It's, it's, it's dependent on imagination. Imagining that the whole country is just fully racist, right? And it's like, well, there's some truth to that. And it's the people that you keep voting for, those Democrats. It's there. But 
you know, when you have people that are just pushing the imagination of how dangerous uh, uh, COVID is, Ima- the imagination of the, the, uh, uh, the efficacy of the supposed vaccine, the imagination of all these things, and these people are being taken by those stuff, that stuff. Well, we need a countermeasure to that. Not an imaginary message, but, an, but a very creative means to be able to catch people's attention. Say, hey, hey, you got my attention now. What you got for me? Truth. <laughs> Before I close this, I've got a special close for this one. Uh, is there any um, New Year's uh, messages you'd like to give to our viewers and members and so on? Oh, man. Uh, thank you. And, and thank you, audience. Uh, I, I would try to resolve to, uh, you know, just try to be better at, at doing what uh, I've been blessed to be able to do. You know, if I get to you know, share my observations with y'all, I want to try to be as, you know, solid and, and uh, you know, and, you know, do it with all as, as much humility as, as I can and just, you know, try to do, uh, you know, do right by the show and do right by the, my colleagues and, you know, do right, you know, by my Lord, do right by my wife, you know, and just, uh, just you know, do, do right, what I do can. Right to, just, just try to do the right thing, man, you know, and, and have a good time. Well, uh, I do have an actual special close today. Uh, this time last year, uh, we made a membership push and a, a number of new members joined. And that's what allowed us to uh, to bring Zoe back into the mix here and something I'd been wanting to do for years and years and years. And that happened because we had a, a number of people sign up uh, and we, we made a big membership push. And I was so grateful for that membership push that I haven't, other than just kind of the automatic announcements after that, I haven't... Uh, talked about membership at all since then. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about it right this second, but I will say this. Uh, one of the things that that uh, I worked on very hard in 2022 was a project that I've been working on with Zoe, and we've teased it here and there a little bit, uh, mentioned it a few times on this show, mentioned it a few times on the Stratosphere Lounge. But the first part of it is actually finished. And we will be revealing uh, to not only to the BillWhittle.com members, but to the rest of the public, not where the company is going to go, but one of the areas that we are going to move into. And it is something that I've never seen in political commentary. I've shown it to a number of people, including Jeremy Boring over at Daily Wire, and they're they're kind of blown away by it. I'm a little blown away by it, too. Zoe has put an awful lot of work into this, and so have I. I've been working on it mostly in secret for 2021. Um, we're going to unveil this to you in the very, very near future, in the next few weeks, if not days. And when we do, we're going to make another uh, push, if not uh, for new members, obviously, because membership is the gift that keeps on giving for us, what keeps the lights on here. But we're also going to push hard to um, to see if we can get people to make a, a one-time donation to, to allow us to do an entirely different kind of messaging. And you will be, I think you'll be amazed. It may not be your cup of tea, but I suspect it will be. But even if it isn't, you will understand what we've been working on behind the scenes here for the last year and the power. Most all of you will understand the power of, of taking the message that has to be reached that, that people have to get and that people who aren't already in the club have to get. Uh, starting in very near future, we're going to show you a, a, a finished template of the first part of one of many things that will allow this company to extend its reach, not only orders of magnitude more in terms of the views, but views to people who don't get the message, need the message, and are actually extremely willing to hear the message. They just haven't had a chance to hear it yet. Uh, 
and we'll be unveiling that, uh, as I say, in a matter of just a, a few days. Uh, and we're looking forward to your comments on it very, very much. Put a lot of work into it, a lot more work to do. It's part one of six, and um, I couldn't be prouder of it. And I had so much fun working with uh, Alfonso Rachel on this, and we're going to continue to work on it, and, um, and we're going to ask you for your, for your help on it. And I know you'll step up the way that you did uh, the same time last year for all of us. Uh, it's been a tough year, um, but I am utterly convinced that we that we're going to win this fight, and and I also have some new weapons uh, that I think we need to put to our disposal, and we'll talk about those in the in the next couple of days. Uh, in any event, thank you to all of you who became new members a year ago. Thank you, especially to our our lifelong members who've been here from the beginning kept the lights on. This show is made entirely possible by a small handful of citizen producers who understand the power of this message and who I don't think, because I don't think I fully appreciate just how far that message actually does infiltrate and how much of a difference it makes. So on behalf of Alfonso, Rachel, a happy new year to all of you. Uh, be of good cheer, keep your chin up, you know, blood toils, tears and sweat, but we are going to be victorious in this fight. They have given it everything they've got and they have not been able to change the fundamental human desires and aspirations that made this country what it is and made it into what it will be as well. So uh, until next time, uh, for Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. Thank you very much for watching, and especially thank you very much for making possible uh, this episode of The Virtue City.